0: Good morning. Good morning. And uh, I wanted to extend a special welcome to our new resident, Jen, who's going to be living in the apartment in the foreman house, along with her cat. And uh, welcome back to uh, Getsuan and Beverly from Rochester. It's nice to see you. And to everybody who's here today on this independence weekend, holiday weekend, As you know, 30 years ago, Daibosatsu Zendo was formally dedicated as a gift and a congratulatory offering to the United States of America, to celebrate the struggles for independence, And the deep thought and endless discussion and debate that went into creating the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Of the United States, which we are told depends heavily in its independence on the wisdom of the indigenous people who were here for thousands of years before these Europeans. particularly the Six Nations, a confederacy of six nations. And so thinking about independence and what this truly means to be independent, I'm sure all of us have given this some thought not just because of this commemoration of 230 years, but because of our own struggles and inner debate. What am I doing? What is the way? What is Zen practice? What is it to have resolve and conviction? And what is it to be free? So, everybody, right? This is what you are concerned with most, right? Everything else really pales in its significance. Because everything else depends on a clear understanding of this. And by everything else, I mean everything that we think is separate from this deep question. Why am I here? How should I conduct myself in this precious life? What are the deep issues that must be addressed? Why do I keep falling into the same old traps so that I perpetuate pain and misery for myself and others? How do I think I'm separate from those who are waging war in my name? and those who are suffering also in my name. So this is what I mean by everything else, all right? Nothing but this very practice we call zazen. Independence. And its associated word freedom has come to mean over the past two hundred and thirty years something very different. What do you think, Sabuti? looking around, not so much here in this room, but in our society, looking around. Thinking we can do whatever we want to do without any consequences. Taking it for granted. Anyone else? What does independence and the associated Idea of freedom I mean in our culture? Yes. I think there's a sense of um, uh, individualism. Individualism, worshiping the, individual. the individual. Yes. Yes. Just sense you're not really accountable to anyone but your immediate family. Um. So no accountability beyond your own sphere. Yeah. And that narrow sphere may be identified as self and those who bolster self. Mm-hmm. How many of you have seen Al Gore's film, An Inconvenient Truth? One, two, three, four. So please don't miss it. It's going to be at the Westcott Cinema for another, I don't know, week or two. This is really a wonderful film, even if you understand the basic principle of global warming. Al Gore is really amazing in his ability to make accessible and create a strong impact so that we can't fall into this kind of thing that you've each spoken about, that we really can't. Some of you, as I said, scientists, naturalists, already know very well. Still, we can't avoid the culture that we are living in. And this is such a wonderful wake-up call. Of course, the wake-up call has been given by Gore for many, many years. When his first, uh, I forget now, his first public declaration about this huh? In the 60s. 60s. And I remember even uh, back in 1990 or so, Sue had a mentor at ESF. And he said, it's baloney. It's just a bunch of malarkey. There's no such thing as global warming. And many scientists continued in that vein. So we may think that we know all about it, but I really encourage you, even if you are thoroughly cognizant of why we must take really severe measures at this point, please go and see it. Yes, he's preaching to the converted. But he's also making it so openly comprehensible so that whoever sees it is going to be affected by it. And what he's portraying is what we really mean by independence in our practice, which is not this kind of individualistic I'll do what I want don't ever tell me what to do attitude or this entitled attitude that you know we live in the United States and therefore we of course should have most of the world's resources right? Who better than we would know how to use them? This is really an undercurrent we don't even examine it but it pervades everything aspect of our lives Well, of course we should have three cars well of course we should you know have this that and the other thing that is feeding into the end of the planet the other day i read that stephen hawking said what we really need to do is right away in the next 20 years set up a human settlement on the moon and on Mars, because this planet's over. If we want humanity to continue, now this if is a big question mark in my mind, if we do, Stephen Hawking said, we'd better look for a new home, just like E.E. Cummings. There's a hell of a good universe next door. Let's go. He said that back in the 50s. Would you like to add anything those who have seen this film to uh, the discussion of independence? What it means? You were there the same night. Yeah. You and say, I saw you. Yeah, it, it, I think one of the things that forces people to do is recognize how connected we are. Mm. And, uh, despite our So the, the upside-down views about independence rest on something else. What? What are we all addicted to? Oil? So this was an easy question. You didn't get it. Dependence. <laughs> Dependence upside-down views about independence devolve from absolute dependence. Obviously, oil is just the little gusher on the surface. So think about it. Spanish this fall I started to say I in Spanish and the professor said, oh, you Americans are so concerned, I, 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 I yeah. they, never, they never use the pronoun for mm-hmm. I when they speak to one another mm-hmm. Many languages avoid <laughs> that personal pronoun and it does have an impact So think how many times over the past 24 hours you've heard or maybe said, I have to, I need... This, of course, dependence is enslavement. And I can't speak for other eras, but it seems to me, just reading history, that we've never been so enslaved, so dependent. And we call it oil. And from global warming perspective, of course, fossil fuels are perhaps the biggest expression of this dependence, right? We certainly aren't looking to be Luddites, we can't, we can't go back. Although of course many people now are really looking seriously at how how they convey themselves from one point to another, and bicycling more and more. Um, I think it would be nice to bring back horses, buggies, and you know, instead of widening every road, instead of making West Seneca Turnpike more of a turnpike, we could make it a trail again. It used to be the Seneca Trail, not bad. And we could. Have our horses tethered here? This fountain that we made on nine eleven oh one used to be a horse trough. This was the carriage house. You know that, of course. So, of co- please don't get me wrong. I am not, as I said, a luddite. Well, maybe, but <laughs> I. Of course, I'm not suggesting that, that everybody can, can go back to horses and buggies, although today if you go to the North Country or to Pennsylvania, you see people who are quite, quite happy rolling along in their buggies. I mean, maybe they're not happy, but they seem happy. They seem not to need a car, Amish and Mennonite. Communities. This is the operative word, right? They are not living as separate uh, selves, supporting their little small nuclear gatherings, but as community. And of course, when we understand this word community, then we can really understand what comes from this feeling of oneness. That indeed, as you said, we are all interdependent. True independence is interdependence. In order to be free, we must Understand this. In Buddhism, basic teaching, sometimes called codependent origination, nothing arises independently of anything else. Nothing has a beginning that is not connected to everything. Nothing has an ending that does not affect everything, it's all one. And we do feel this, don't we? We come to the zendo, and even if we have some feeling of our lives as being somehow not quite what we would like in our ideals and visions for living the bodhisattva path, nevertheless, something happens. We come here and we just sit down and take a breath and we feel this oneness, this beautiful interdependence that nourishes us, that supports this feeling of one mind, one being. Anything that each one of us does cannot help but affect not only all of us in this room. Of course, you know that for a fact, when someone is rustling and moving about, everybody is affected by it. And so we sit still. And this very sitting still is a bodhisattva act. Because who wants to sit still? <laughs> so we are in this bodhisattva training moment after moment in the zendo and outside, and our practice is indeed inconvenient. Inconvenient truth. And we feel, many of us, many times, the laziness that says, oh, you don't have to get up this morning. As you know, I'm Jewish, and I uh, think that the reason so many Jews are attracted to Buddhism is because of its inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's probably
0: not the prevailing interreligious comment, but <laughs> the, in Judaism, we have this phrase it's hard to be a Jew. You know, the prevailing culture is not supporting it. There are all these rules, if you really want to observe Judaism. I can't tell you how many rules there are, but there are rules for everything. Dogen Zenji was a good Jew. why are there all these rules in Judaism we express it as to open to thou or God and Every, uh, everyone is a prayer. So when you come back from a trip, what do you say? Thank you, God, for allowing me to come back from my trip. Right. When you wake up in the morning, thank you, God, for allowing me to wake up. When you buy a new teapot, thank you, God, for allowing me to be able to buy this teapot. It's a very different way of living. Inconvenient. Because you're always asked to stop and open to God. Never just take it for granted. But of course, just in this culture, in most cultures, this is not the way people observe Judaism. They spend $50,000 on a bar mitzvah instead. Oh, (laughs) caps. See what Al Gore does to me. So, you know, true independence. We begin chanting each morning service, right? Ah, ta di ba. Right. This. How much more direct could it be? You are. light itself. This was the Buddha's final teaching. Oh, what are we going to do? When you're, you're sick, you're going to die. How will we make it? Oh my God. You are the light. You already are the light itself. And many times in his teachings, Shakyamuni said, don't depend on what I say. Find out for yourself. This is the only so called religion in the world, I think, where the religious founder says, Don't listen to what I have to say. Find out for yourself. This is real experience, okay? It's not doctrine, it's not dogma. There's no formula for enlightenment. You've got what it takes. This is the point, right? What does it take? Wake up. But we find so many distractions. This is the dependence part of what we think, oh, my life, my life, what am I going to do? How can I distract myself from the inconvenient questions And so we have a whole way of living that is domination over nationalism, colonialism, domination over nature. Like human beings are separate from nature. Many, many such misguided views. So we say, ah, Tadipa. You are the light. And then as we chant, Viharatha, do not doubt, there's nothing else to rely on, then Atasvarana. What does this mean? Everybody knows what sarana means, right? Budam saranam gachami Sarana. Ata sarana. Hmm? Okay. Nobody knows. Sarana. Thank you. Refuge. Home. You are home already. Home. There is no other home. Just as you are. with all the views about how you are insufficient or lacking or full of shit or whatever. You are home. You are the light. You are the refuge. What is this you? This is where we get tripped up. This is where This whole thing about independence, dependence, as you said, the self. Who is this you? This is the very first, most important question that every single one of us must address. Whether you are doing moo mm. or who are you? Same question. Who are you? Who is this you? Who is doing moo? Who? who is this And then it continues Dhamma sarana. right? So how do you understand this? is this dharma dharma deepa light of the dharma dharma sarana refuge in dharma who are you Where are you? And what is dharma? So you must ask, what is dharma that I am trying to take refuge in? What is this dharma? Buddha, dharma, sangha. Of course, all of you can give good definitions. But, in your own life, right here, right now, in this inconveniently interconnected life of yours, right here, right now. Dharma. No doctrine, no dogma. Refuge in Dharma. Light of Dharma pouring through you in spite of you. You can't do anything about it. This Buddha Dharma. Struggle as you might to avoid waking up. You can't. Just can't. Yes, you've got what it takes. You're home. believe this 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 is interesting word okay believe what am i going to believe if there's no doctrine believe this this is why we sit it's why we sit instead of theorize Now, the other day, I met with Jukai class. Wonderful Jukai class we have this spring. Of course, every single Jukai class is very special, and usually there are some shining lights in each. Jukai class some of you took jukai a long time ago and you were you are you are the shining lights because you were here sometimes i'm being funny and you don't laugh <laughs> it's very discouraging <laughs> But anyway, this Jukai class is really wonderful. Each person in it. And at our meeting the other day, one of these wonderful people said, you know, thinking about how do I carry my practice into everyday life, it seems to me I can't be a monk in my present situation. So how can we best live this Atadipa. Best realize this in daily life. It seems that the kitchen is the best place to realize it. If you think of each one of you now, what's going on in your kitchen? You probably get what this person meant. Wonderful lay practice to be attentive to the kitchen. So often you come home from wherever you've been and just fling your keys down on the table. The keys don't live on the kitchen table. They do not live there. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not their home. Or you have a bunch of papers. And <laughs> throw them down. Now, Even in community, people do this. It's shocking, but they do it. There's a wonderful Buddhist saying, when alone, conduct yourself as if in the presence of others. When in the presence of others, conduct yourself as if alone. What does this mean? When alone. How would you like others to view the way you're acting? Probably you would stop picking your nose. (laughs) When with others are you thinking about, oh, what kind of image do I have? Let it go. Let it go. Just be true to this maxim and no problem. So the point is, not that we have some kind of, you know, inner um, stormtrooper, that you must clean the kitchen. Don't put your keys there. No, but that we have this feeling of ah, the keys are part of our interconnected universe. The posters and flyers that are carelessly strewn on the floor are crying. How can we be waking up to this reverential heart, mind that we are? This is our our birthright. If we are so dismissive of what we call insentient beings. Please, there is no such thing. To really understand interdependence is to be living in what we might call esoteric Buddhism. There's no such demarcation between the exoteric and the esoteric, all right? We are. (laughs) Indra's net. Everything we do is given to us to take care of. Everything we do affects everything else. We are shining Buddhas. Shining upon other shining Buddhas. It's our birthright. So, as I mentioned earlier, the indigenous people and uh, particularly the ones that we know most closely, our neighbors, the Haudenosaunee, have understood this from timeless time and begin every gathering with thanksgiving. And end every gathering, whether ceremonial or secular, with thanksgiving. This thanksgiving and this mind of Ah Tadipa is one and the same. Not to have some inner scold, again, I want to make this clear, but to have this inner thankful heart that wants to create the proper respect for each being, whether we regard it as sentient or not. So I want to read a few words to you from the Thanksgiving Address and there is a, a short uh, words, a little section of text, that describes what this Thanksgiving address is about. The address is, the address is based on the belief that the world cannot be taken for granted. Right? Cannot be taken for granted. Nothing can be taken for granted that a spiritual communication of thankfulness and acknowledgement of all living things must be given to align the minds and hearts of the people with nature. This forms a guiding principle of culture." And part of this address is the section on the people. Today we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. Now our minds are one. And the Thanksgiving address goes on to address all manner of beings now our minds are one so soon Jikyo and I will be leaving for Daibusatsu Zendo, and we'll participate in anniversary session and many of you will come on the 15th now our minds are one this is what we are so grateful for and expressing gratitude in this way of gathering together. And not long after that, we will have our own summer session, five-day Jukai session, for which by the way, if you have not yet filled out an application, do so before you leave today, even if you cannot afford to pay until the date uh, deadline because we need to do a lot of work before we leave. It would help us to know, always thinking this way. Oh, so-and-so is trying to take care of this, and how can I help? I can help by doing this early. I can help by picking such-and-such up, by putting something away. Don't leave fans lying around all over the place. I walk into the Dharma Hall. Three fans, one of which is broken. Nobody's in there. Everything matters, okay? This is interconnectedness. The spirit of thank you, thank you, thank you permeates everything we do. Thus, without even thinking about it, We clean the kitchen. And working together for future generations, we are doing massive, overwhelming task of fundraising. You may think, oh, fundraising, I don't want to get involved in that capitalistic stuff. Well, you know, the Haudenosaunee say, for the seventh generation. You may think you're sitting here for yourself, so you feel better. Hello? What did I just talk about for the last 55 minutes? Not just seventh generation, all right? 30th generation, 100th generation. Thus, we are working together. Thus we understand now our minds are